Thursday, and uh, we come together as a family to give, them, give him thanks for all the blessings. Uh, there's a statement that says, uh, we are too blessed to be depressed. I think, like Paul says, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And if you think when he uh, wrote that verse of scripture, he was in jail. And he wrote it. It's one of, one of the first verses that I learned as a Christian. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, are you happy to be here today? Yes. Amen. You know, uh, to us, one of the greatest blessings, or the greatest blessings, is that we have a fellowship with God. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. The blessing of a pure heart. The blessing of a pure heart is, is for the believer. You know, let me ask you, just as an introduction, who is the, who is the most valuable person for you in the world? I know there's several, I know your relatives, families, but if you just pick one, who would you say? Who is the most valuable person to you and the world? That you treasure and take care of that relationship, that you do nothing to harm or to disrupt that relationship. And, and you always try to, um, how do you say, just uh, don't do anything to hurt that love the one you, you love. And you always compliment that person. Let me tell you a story that even uh, a teenager's couple, they were sitting in a sofa and they were reading a book and they will always play a compliment to each other. And this is the wife talking. My husband was resting next to me on the couch. I carefully removed his glasses. You know, honey, I said sweetly, without your glasses you look just like the same handsome young man I married. Honey, he replied with a smile, without my glasses, you still look pretty good too. <laughs> well, that's paying a compliment. But if we pay a compliment to God, it's here today as we worship him. And that's my point. You know, uh, God is the best person in our lives. I think it's the greatest blessing that we have to have God on our side. But even as you have God on your side and you have a fellowship, you need to take care of your fellowship with him and not be disrupted. Like King David, he went to God and told him, Lord, please restore the joy of salvation to me. He did something wrong that broke that relationship. So we should be careful and we should treasure and value our relationship with God. You know, the Bible says that our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write so that you, your joy or our joy may be made complete and new. So to me, the joy that I, that I have in my heart is to know God and Him be my Father and my Lord. And even farther, I know his will. I know the things that he likes and the things that uh, it displeases him. And I have this joy that he is the one who guides my life. So this is the message, says the Apostle John, that God is light. God is light. So we should walk in light too. So how much do you value that relationship with God? Because sin is the one who kind of gets into our lives and, 
and breaks that harmony and relationship between us and God. But there's a, here's a statement. You, your hatred of sin depends upon your degree of love towards God. How much you love God, that's how much you're going to treasure your relationship with God. If we walk close enough to God, there will be no room for sin to come between us. You know, God doesn't want us to be perfect. He just wants a sincere heart. And there's a, a, a statement. Of the, uh, perfection is impossible, but spiritual cleanliness is possible. You know, God is the only one that is perfect. Amen? Amen. We are not perfect. He doesn't want perfection. But he makes the things possible for you and I to have a clean heart. Well, that was just the introduction. Let's open our Bibles in the book of Luke chapter 16. <laughs> Luke chapter 16. So remember, uh, the topic is the blessing of a pure heart. And here the prodigal son is a story that is well known. I try to pick the stories that are easy for me, you know, because sometimes, and you know, if I mispronounce a word, if I say it in Spanish, English, please be patient, okay? Let's focus on the message. Uh, the Bible says there was a rich man who, Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a, dist a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to, this, to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Right there is fine as a, as a part of the, the message. One of the things that we should remember when we were saved, God gave us a new life. Amen? Amen. God changed our life. And my point is this morning, as he is part of our life, we should treasure him as a person, as a fellowship, as his blessings. You know, the prodigal son, I don't know why it is that we always start well, but sin comes into our lives and just ruins and just spoils or just makes us neglect the value that God should have in our lives. You know, uh, he changed our lives, but some Christians get into trouble. They don't stay close to God. They get into trouble because they, they try to uh, take control of their lives. And that's the subject this Sundays. That we should give God our hurts, our hang-ups, and our, and our habits. 
But when we try to take control, we get into trouble and just like the prodigal son, he wanted to take control of his life. He wanted to uh, just be free, not to be uh, subject to the rules in the home. So he took control of his life, but he didn't know it was going to be a bad experience. And the Lord always warns us. He always tells us, do not touch what is unclean, and I will and I will come to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. I will welcome you. I'm sorry. I'm... The Lord is inviting us, before we uh, make a mistake, don't touch what is unclean. It is, his fellowship is kind of conditional. If you want to be close to God, stay away from sin. Now, we are sinners. We are sinners, so we need to be close to God and close to the Bible and close in prayer. That's why I said perfection is impossible, but cleanliness is possible for us because we could go through the Lord in prayer. We could be in the Bible. Uh, we could go in confession and clean ourselves just like when you take a shower. Spiritually, it's possible. You can have a clean heart and walk in the light and have fellowship with God. But sometimes we neglect. We take it for granted. You know, we want God to be committed to us. We expect for him to be committed to us, but we don't commit himself to us to himself. We don't want him to rule over our lives completely. We, we want to make sometimes some choices. That's when we get into trouble. But thank the Lord that the Lord is always there for, for us with a compassion heart. But the prodigal son... He says, give me my inheritance. You know, he was buried there. And parents, what if your teenagers tell you, give me my inheritance before you die? What would you, tell, what would you say to him? <laughs> Sin is always getting in our lives. And, you know, the Lord understands that we are sinners. That we are, uh, we have a weak point. That's was that's when the Lord comes in. But you know, uh, some people fall into temptations, but most of them are able to find their own way. That's a statement that I read, I read somewhere. But believers are not sinless, but they should be sinless, sinning less. That's what we should try. But, you know, when we are in Christ, when we are in God, we should also not only uh, live, leave our lives and, and everything to God, we should grow in discipline. We should grow in, in good habits. We should grow in habits of reading the Bible and being in prayer and being in church. Doesn't the Bible says that we are to renew our mind? But discipline takes work. But God provides. God provides everything for us that we could walk in the light. You know, Paul says, think of these things. You know, we could train our mind. If you want to change, you could change. But it takes discipline. It takes a little bit of effort from your part. Bible says, think of these things. Whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is right, right and whatever is pure, think of these things. You have a bad thought. You know, erase it. Try to memorize the scripture. 
You know, there's a statement that says, watch your thoughts because they become words. And watch your words because they become habits. And watch your habits because it comes your character, your personality. And then it comes your destiny. So we have to watch what we think. Listen, if you're mad at somebody in the church, and someday say you're working together and something don't work out, it's going to come out. Whatever you're thinking about that person. But I know right here there's no enemies in our congregation, just friendship. Amen? Well, at least 60% of the congregation say amen. Bad habits. You know, some folks are always punctual. And for that, we just say amen. Amen? To be punctual. And some folks are punctual in being late. Amen? Well, no, we don't say amen to that. Bad habits are like comfortable beds. Easy to get in, but hard to get out. Isn't that true? If you don't master your habits, they will master you. We first make our habits, then our habits makes us. That's why I said words become habits, and habits will, uh, how do you say, shape you the way you are in your personality and your character. You know that uh, if you notice God's character, he stands on his principles. He stands on his holiness. And that's always, I always notice that when I read the Bible, that when God is going to bless someone, it always, his holiness, I don't know if I could explain this, but his holiness dictates him, dictates him who to love, who to bless, who to give eternal life. If your heart is not clean by the, by the blood of our Lord Jesus, even, even whatever you do, God will not be able to bless you. He will never compromise. That's my point. He will never compromise his holiness. You want to have a fellowship with him, you have to have a clean heart. And that's possible through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then once you're saved, you have to continue being and walking in the light. And that is possible through prayer, through the Bible, you know, uh, being close to God, and you, and you have less hurts, hang-ups, and habits. And you know, habits, there's a statement that says, bad habits take few holidays. In other words, sometimes they don't want to take a break from you. It is easier to prevent a habit than to break them. How does a habit start? For those who uh, are addicted to alcohol, first drink. To smoking, first cigarette. Gambling, well, gamble once. It always starts with the first time. It could happen. I'm not saying, I'm not saying uh, that is the rule, but it could happen. And the most difficult thing in life is to know yourself. Uh, do you know yourselves very well? Do you know that it's, 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 it's easier, it's easy to deceive ourselves, says the Bible in Jeremiah, that the heart is deceitful most than most things? Who likes to be deceived? But you've been deceived by yourselves. And I've been deceived by myself. 
And what is the proof? When we make mistakes, that's the proof. You have taken control of your life in that moment, in that time, and you didn't ask for guidance to God, just like the prodigal son. He wanted to be in his own. He took control of his life, and um, he made a big mistake. You know, he neglected being at home and having the blessing of having food, and now he was starving. But it is true that only God and you have the facts together. Only you and God really know uh, very well how you are. And so are you in hurts? Are you in hang-ups or bad habits? Give them to God and ask God to help you. But also, you have to grow in discipline. I mean, if God will give you, you know that right now, if, if you confess your sins, he could give you a new day? Wow, no, just few of them believe that. Do you know that God could give you a new day right now, today? Do you know that there's even one right now that don't have Jesus as Lord and Savior? He could give them salvation, a new life, uh, and, and, and the blessing of God being in his life. Paul says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is a benefit. Everything's permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. That's a good, a good testimony. You know, I have, I have read, there was someone who wrote this, I may read many books, but the Bible reads me. You want to know yourself? Go into the Bible and ask God. And ask God... Uh, but habits, you know, I have to confess that I have a weakness. I don't know if I, after I say it to you, you're going to invite me to preach next time. Well, the, the book that we study says, confess it to God, write it down, and then share it with someone else. Do you know my weakness is? It's chocolate and ice cream. <laughs> and apple and ice, and ice cream. Apple pie and ice cream. Well, what do you expect that I was going to tell you? <laughs> the blessing of a pure heart is that he has the greatest blessing in his life to have a fellowship with God. But sin always is in our way. We are not perfect, but cleanliness is possible for you and I. Confession, repentance, prayer, uh, being close to our Lord. Have you ever had a bad day? Yeah. How about, have you ever had a good day? Okay. Because, you know, when you have a good day, you get up, you sing, uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll be glad and rejoice in it. And then, I don't know if, ladies, this have, has happened to you, but, you know, you're singing, you wake, you woke up with a, uh, you know, I'm talking about a lady. There was an illustration about this lady who was just married three years or so, and she was singing, and all of a sudden, his grandma, his, I'm, I'm sorry, her mother-in-law comes in into the, to the door for a visit, and the first thing she says, man, your house is a mess. <laughs> and she's singing, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll be glad. Well, he only got this is the day. And then next 
she was drinking some coffee. Man, this coffee tastes like mud. So she only saying, this is the day that I threw my mother-in-law. <laughs> Have you had, a, day, had a, a good day, but then it just got ruined? Well, that's what sin does into your life. You could start with the joy of real salvation. You could start uh, having a good day in the Lord, but then sin comes into our life. But I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. The Lord is, is, is compassionate. Look in verse 19 and 20. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. I like that word, compassion. And, and it says, for him, and he ran uh, to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. I know I'm not being very detailed on the, the whole story. If I was, I could, I could be here for an hour preaching on the sermon. But I just want to highlight that this is the story that represents God, and this is the story that represents you and I. And I like this verse of Scripture. Verse 20, he was filled with compassion. When, you know, I'm a sinner, but redeemed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I'm not perfect, but God's still working in my life. But I thank the Lord that I have the Bible. Sanctify them and thy truth. The word is true. When I go into the Bible, I sanctify myself, or at least I get rid of my, my, my sin. I know that there's no condemnation for me, but the sin could have an effect in my life and my relationship with God and my joy. Sin robs you from your joy in serving God. If you are a child of God, if you are a child of God, when you commit a sin, you don't feel comfortable because you have just offended God. But you don't have to worry. It's not the end of the world. God says, come unto me. Oh, man, I like that invitation. Come and let us reason together. If your sins are, I don't remember the color that he describes, it'll be uh, white as snow. So I could come into the Lord and confess my sin. And he will give me a new day. That's a good invitation. I mean, you could invite me to Black Angus and ice cream and chocolate, chocolate cake, uh, you know. But, I, but to me, it's a greater invitation from the Lord. Come to me and let us reason together. Now, I'm not going to reject if you invite me. I'm just making a point. Okay. Sin, you know the prodigal son. He neglected. He neglected the care and love of his father. He really not appreciated. He chose to the he chose the pleasures of the world for the love of his father and that harmony and fellowship that he had with him. You know, he had a home. He had plenty of food. He could buy new sandals, just like you and I, if you were rich. But you're a Christian. You could buy anything in the world. But then, I mean, it's, it's temptation. But it, it just, like I said at the beginning, uh, how much, um, well, my memory doesn't help me that much anymore. So, You know, your hatred of sin depends upon your degree of love towards God. How much you love God, that's how much you're going to stay away from sin. 
and bad habits. You know, beware of the high cost of low living. If you're going to live for pleasure, you know, it, it says, uh, uh, send now and pay later. Sin always charges you, and it has a high cost. I want to be close to God. To me, it's the greatest blessing that when I am alone and sin is knocking on the door, I get closer to God. And if I fall into sin, I ask, Lord, don't help me not to fall in sin anymore. It's just how much do you appreciate the fellowship that you have with God? It is the greatest blessing that you have. I wish you and I could see God right now and see his glory just for 30 seconds. You will really appreciate the fellowship that you have with God. Because it is by faith, then it depends on your faith, how faithful you are to God. Now, the pleasures of the world are very costly. You know that sin, sin um, gets into the soul, and then sin gets the soul into hell for those who are not in Christ. But they choose the pleasures. There's a saying, if you wish to be happy for one hour, get drunk. If you wish to be happy for three days, get married. <laughs> if you wish to be happy for eight days, kill a pig and eat it. And if you wish to be happy forever, learn to fish. I guess he was not a Christian. Because if you want to be happy forever, be in the Lord. It's, a, it's an eternal joy. You know, there's no sadness in heaven and eternity. But you have to grow in discipline if you appreciate the blessing of a pure heart. And pure heart is possible for you and I right now. In every day. But you have to grow in discipline. You know, we always give God our sins and, and God gives us mercy and compassion. I don't think that's fair. We take advantage of our God and Lord. We give him our sins, he gives us forgiveness. He gives us his love, he gives us his grace. And he commits to us. God makes a commitment, but we don't want to make a commitment. Just like Brother Brett was speaking last Sunday, we don't want to commit to him. We want to be in control. And we shouldn't if you don't want to make, if you want to make like less mistakes. That's in the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lead not in your own understanding. It's an invitation from the Lord. And Paul was committed, and he gives us an example of commitment. He was, he was writing from jail when he wrote, uh, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And you know, the day he was saved, the day he was, do you remember when you were saved? Do you remember? Do you remember the, the joy that you felt or the blessing or knowing that you were saved? Do you remember that day? Well, I guess you don't remember that with such a joy. But I remember that day. And one thing I told the Lord, Lord, don't take this joy away that I feel today. Never take it away. 
but sin could take it away. So we should commit ourselves to God also. But you know, sin and guilty conscience, uh, it just robs you from your joy. It makes you feel, feel unworthy to be uh, called a child of God. You know, just like the prodigal son, I'm not worthy to, call you, to be called your son. Make me one of your workers. And it's a good sign of him that he felt unworthy. And that's what God expects, uh, uh, expects from us, humbleness. That without him, we can do nothing. There's nothing we can do in the spiritual things. So don't touch the unclean as the advice from God. And I will welcome you. And I'll be your God. This is is an invitation and also a word of advice. I think we should stay away from sin and bad habits. Amen? You know, there was a man who went to the doctor complaining that he had broken his arm in two places. And the doctor replied, well then, stay away from those Stay away from those two places. Well, that's good, a good word of advice but for the wrong reason, but it's good for us. We should stay away from those places that will break our relationship between us and God. So let me close with this. And I think we should remember this as we live for God. In God, there's always hope for a new day. Amen? I'm going to repeat it just in case someone was kind of not listening but I, I know you were listening and God there's always hope for a new day and for that I tell the, I say to God praise be to you Lord praise be to God there's always hope for a new day look in uh, let's read on, on verse 21 the son sent to his father said to his father I have sinned against heaven and against you I am no longer worthy to be called your son But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted cow and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. See, repentance could be a, a joyous day, a day of celebration. You know that God can forgive you right now and give you a new day. So one of the things you, we should remember, and it brings joy to my heart, that our God is compassion, and he is a forgiving God. And you know that God forgives instantly? Did you know that the, the, the prodigal son, the father, didn't say, you know, now that you're back, okay, I'm going to forgive you, but you're going to stay in the guest house for a week. No, much better, a month. He didn't do that. I'm going to wait until being mad, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down, that you, come, you came back and you want me to receive you like nothing happened. You know, he, God is not like that. He was rejoicing with compassion, so he forgives instantly. And he forgives completely. You know, he, uh, the, the father didn't make him a worker and work uh, uh, for his food and for his shelter. On the contrary, he received him with, with joy as, as his son. 
Aren't you glad that God doesn't charge us for our sins? You know, when uh, parents wrote this, I'm not, uh, I got it from my book, uh, money always keeps your kids in touch. Did you get that? Some of them are getting it. Money always keeps your kid, kids in touch. There's another one about parents. How come you only talk to me when, you're, when you need something or when you are in trouble? I hope, kids, if you're listening, your parents did not have never said that to you. Amen? But aren't you glad that we have a forgiving God and merciful and kind God? You know, the prodigal son, he, was, he didn't have no guilty conscience anymore. He, his, his joy was restored in fellowship with the Father, and he left the experience behind. You know, the past is history, the future is a mystery, but today is a gift of God. And the prodigal son was rejoicing in that one day, you know. And I just want to quote uh, Psalms 51. You don't have to go there, but let me read it to you. King David, when he was repenting, then he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Then I will teach transgressors your, your, your ways and sinners will convert to you. One of the things for our repentance and to give our sins to him and bad habits and hurts and hang-ups is to restore the fellowship with God. And the second is so that you could be a blessing to others. God is not going to forgive you, give you a new day just to say, well, today is a victorious day. No, there is a purpose in life for us that we could be a blessing to others. And that was the purpose of David. Give me a new day. Restore to me the joy of your salvation so that I could preach to sinners. And also, then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips that I may, my mouth may declare your praises. So another thing for the purpose of forgiveness is that we could come in, into the sanctuary, don't have a guilty conscience. Oh, what did I do yesterday? You know, you could come into the sanctuary and pre sing praises to the Lord with a uh, joyous and clear conscience and with the joy in your heart. Amen? Amen. Let's then have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that makes it possible to clean our hearts. And be able to have a fellowship with you. And we rejoice in your fellowship. We rejoice in the blessings that we receive through your fellowship. Help us always to value and, and treasure this fellowship that we have with you. Help us not to, um, uh, to let sin come between you and, and us, Lord. Help us to be in your word, to be in prayer, and to be close to you. And thank you, Lord, for making, making things possible that we could clean, clean our hearts and walk in the light as you walk in the light. And help us, Lord, to walk in the light with you in holiness and in purity, Lord. Because we know your heart. We know your will. We know that you love holiness, that you love cleanliness, spiritual cleanliness, Lord. But we are sinners. Well, we praise your name for you have a merciful 
and kind heart for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.